Hey, y'all, before we unfurl this latest batch of locks, wanted to take a moment to remind you about all the fun we got going on at CBS Sports HQ. CBS Sports HQ is the all-new 24-7 streaming sports news network from CBS Sports. Cutting through the noise, CBS Sports HQ gives you straight news, highlights, and expert analysis from all the major sports, helping you get smarter faster. It is for real sports fans who care about the data, the stats, and what happened in the game. You can catch me on there frequently. You can catch Barton on there frequently. I'm there on Tuesday nights on our Sportsline Edge show, offering my early leans and some picks once the lines are released. So you can always tune into that in the 6 o'clock hour. Uh, You can stream CBS Sports HQ any time of day on your Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, iPhone, Android phone, or on desktop at cbssportshq.com. No cable TV subscription required. It is free 99. So remember, you can stream CBS Sports HQ any time of day on your connected device or online at cbssportshq.com. On Saturdays, uh, the Sportsline show from 11 to noon will get you set with all the last-minute picks for the college football Saturday. And then on Sundays at 10 a.m., Fantasy Football Today, Fantasy Football Today, also Monday through Friday at noon Eastern time. Again, all that can be found on CBS Sports HQ. Welcome to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast with your hosts Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. The ultimate insider's guide from signing day to the national championship game and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. And welcome back to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. Uh, we sit here Thursday morning. It is the, the ritual that we love more than anything else. We gather together uh, to get our locks off. And this is the Locks Podcast. You know what you were doing. You were clicking on it. Gentlemen, Martin Simmons, Tom Fernelli, how are we feeling? We're good. We're good. We're blessed with power and electricity this morning. Everything's looking great. Yeah. Absolutely. Barton? Uh, I feel good. I feel good about my process this week. Got a good week of work in. Um, I, uh, I, I like... I like my slate. I feel, I feel okay right now. Feeling good. Uh, for the purposes of pacing, how many locks are we bringing to the table, Tom? I have seven and maybe eight if Ooh. I get feeling, you know, mm, there's a, confident. There's a log out there. It could be thrown on the fire. Barton? I've got five, maybe six. I could get to six. Mm. I've got five, and I've got four reckless picks. Any one of them could get picked up and thrown in the game at the last minute. So I got to have all uh, the bullpens ready to go in case it comes up. Um, all right, let's review. Last week, we had not a terrible week five. Uh, our, our leader for week five was our leader for the season, Tom Fernelli. His wins under 51 and a half in Rutgers, Indiana, Oklahoma State minus 17 against Kansas. The under 61 and a half in ULM Georgia State. The under 54 and a half in Arkansas State Georgia Southern. Uh, shout out to Sunbelt Unders. By the way, Sunders. we've got uh, like I don't know how we would factor this in to the locks, but how are we going to do the? Are we just not going to do like Tuesday night games, for example? Uh I mean, I don't think it'll be possible for us to do it unless we start recording on Monday nights. Yeah. Um, But Appalachian State, Arkansas State, Tuesday night at the Rock. Fun build on Tuesday starts next week. I don't know what the line's going to be. Take the Mountaineers. There you go. (laughs) How about that? Uh, Also, shout out to the the listener who was mad at me for making those Sunbelt picks last week. I hope you took them. I hope you went. (laughs) I hope you were able to summon up the courage to follow my Sunbelt under advice and win some money. The under 54 in Stanford and Notre Dame did not hit TCU minus 10 and a half. That's another loss in South Carolina plus one and a half against Kentucky. That's a loss. Four and three plus one on the week plus four on the season 20 and 16. Barton loaded it up, sprayed the board, got a cash on Colorado minus nine and a half. Uh, Also got in on Oklahoma State minus 17. 
under 51 in Kentucky, South Carolina. That's a win. And then Southern Miss plus 27 and a half, kind of making Auburn's offensive line look pedestrian. Uh, the losses, Ole Miss plus 11 and a half. I feel you, man. That was that was not not how I wanted that to go. Uh, Dumb. Yeah. Florida State minus six and a half. Mm, just a the, – then BYU plus 17 and a half. I liked going into it, but – uh, we talked about that on Sunday. Mississippi State minus seven and a half. Also a loss along with Cal plus two and a half against Oregon. Four and five. Just minus one on the week. Minus three for the season. 14 and 17. Uh, Chip, UNC plus 18. Laughable. Just absolutely laughable. Do not take the Tar Heels again. Uh, the defense actually limited a lot of what Miami was able to do. Uh, the offense, however, provided 21 points for the opposition. It's not a way to cover a spread. Stanford, yeah, <laughs> but in that sense, you can kind of leave feeling okay about it. Like if they if they just don't throw pick sixes, then you may have a shot there. True. Yeah, you know, I, I took the under on that game, and that was how I felt. It's like you know, if if Chaz Surratt would just stop throwing to the other team, and Larry Fedora would take him out of the game, the Thunder would have hit easy. Yeah, um, I'm just worried that a defining characteristic of the 2018 North Carolina Tar Heels is scoring for the other team. That's just just something you got to bake into your consideration. Uh, I also took an L on Stanford plus five and a half, Ole Miss plus eleven and a half, uh, Mississippi State minus seven and a half. Those are all ones that covered my under seventy five in West Virginia Texas Tech was absolutely heartbreaking. Uh, lost that one on a touchdown with thirty eight seconds left as as Texas Tech just they just really they really wanted to play it out till the end. Yay, good for you. NC State minus six is a win. Uh, USC minus three and a half is a win. And the under 50 in Virginia Tech Duke cashes, though I certainly did not see uh, Virginia Tech dominating that game the way they did. Three and five on the week, minus two, minus six on the season, 14 and 20. That was a, it was a lot of picks. Barton, you were complaining a little bit before we started. You think you think we were just spraying the board too much? Are we handing out too many Look, winners? You guys, you guys could do whatever you want. Uh, the 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 minimum is three, right? No max. And, and this no max. And this year, uh, we've gotten out to a, a a furious pace, and I I've I've let myself get sucked into that a little bit. I'm going to try to just reel it back in just a little bit, make sure I really, really like these locks. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll uh, think it's going to serve me well. I respect your uh, – I respect the way that you are holding the uh, the the title <laughs> of the episode in high esteem. That's right. What is the there's – so, there's so much lock inflation right now. <laughs> yeah, there's a <laughs> lot <laughs> – an oversaturation <laughs> of locks. Um, all right. There's too many locks. <laughs> you boys ready to lock it up? I'm Good. ready. We're picking locks. My blue plate special five star locks are coming. Come get these locks. Five star master lock. Lock it up. You want these locks? I'm, I'm, I'm living and dying every, every point, every cover. All right, Tom, you've got it. Uh, the week winner for week five and also the overall leader. So you get us started here for week six. All right, I'm not going to start with one of my bigger games for the weekend. Instead, I'm going to start with a Friday night game just for any listeners who maybe don't get to this on Thursday. I want to get it out in time. I'm going to take the under 54 or what's it that 50 54 and a half for BYU Utah State uh BYU so far this season has just been a reliable under team to begin with all five of its games have stayed under and this is mostly due to a BYU offense that is both inefficient and never really seems to be in a hurry and then also a BYU defense that's proven to be pretty salty and while Utah State's offense overall this year has been solid, in fact, as far as points per play, it's been one of the, I think it's in the top 20 nationally, it's been much better at home than it has been on the road. So going to Provo this weekend against this, a tough BYU team, I, I think the under 54 and a half is a pretty safe bet on Friday night. I like it. Yeah, it's, I mean, BYU, That like one of my big regrets last week was picking BYU against Washington because, you know, but. After the locks pod, 
because I had to do a sports line hit for that game, and so I, I was digging a little more on it, and, and I actually changed my pick to Washington because BYU's, as while their offense has been not uh, inept, it's not good. They were, they're like 122nd in the country in yards per play on offense, uh, and they just weren't going to move the ball. And Utah State is has got a pretty good defense as well. So, you know, the thing to watch there, Utah State really hadn't played anybody, um, and U- BYU's played a lot of really good teams. Uh, but I think that's – yeah, I think that that's a fair fair spot. I, I actually may have a play on this game um, here in a little bit. Ooh, do you want to – I mean, Ooh. yeah, you're well, up right, next. I'll just start with it. I mean, like, this isn't – so I'm playing Utah State. I'm playing Utah State. It's a prove it. It's a big time prove it game for the Aggies. Plus two and a half. Um, they, Utah State won this game last year by 16 points. They and the line then was I think BYU minus two and a half too. Like, uh, and and so it may have, it may have been Utah State minus two and a half. But either way, it was a similar line. Utah State went in and won. This is a better Utah State team than last year. This is a better BYU team than last year too. But I do think that that. Only one of these offenses has proven the ability to really consistently move the football. Um, Utah State plays with a lot of pace on offense. They can throw the ball around. I think defensively, they're really athletic on the edge, uh, which should help against that jet sweep. BYU has got five plays all year of more than 30 yards, so the explosiveness just isn't there with this offense. Um, and, you know, this is this is a big big you know, a, a Super Bowl type of game for Utah State because it's it's an in-state power five. I don't know if it's BYU kind of power five, uh, but, you know, major college rival. And um, so I'm going to go Utah State plus two and a half. All right. I can dig it. Yeah, look at all, look at all this Friday night action. Um, all right, my first pick, I'm going to take us to Kyle Field Saturday, Saturday night, and I am I'm buying the – what – can we get a, a public report? I'm on Kentucky plus five and a half, and I think Kentucky wins the game straight up, but I love being able to have it at a place where, you know, a, a three-point or a four-point Texas A&M win still gets me uh, the W for the lock. But I, I just tend to think that if we've got one team in Kentucky who has been exceeding expectations and playing at a high level consistently, and a Texas A&M team that you know with over the course of the season so far and even within games is kind of up and down if if we think it's going to be close and if we think that Kentucky is going to be able to impose its will a little bit i i kind of like the team that just has been playing better football and there are you know obviously a major quarterback advantage in Kellen Mond over Terry Wilson but uh Man, I I just think that this will this is still probably a spot where Kentucky, in terms of the line, is uh, is is getting discredited just by being Kentucky, and Texas A and M is still getting credit by being the Aggies uh, at Kyle Field. So, man, I if I think that if you believe even a little bit that Kentucky can go and win this game, that I I love the five and a half. I I think in this one. Look, that five and a half to six points seems like a lot. This is going to be two teams that are going to be trying to make the other team's quarterback beat them. Like I think Kellen Mond, he's, he proved that he could get the job done to a certain degree against Clemson, but Kentucky's crazy as it sounds. They've Kentucky's been playing better. A, they've been playing they, better on defense than Clemson. And they've got a much better secondary right now than what Clemson has shown. Um, and so... That's it's gonna they're gonna create I think a bigger challenge for Kalamad but to me the the reason I couldn't just pull the trigger on Kentucky is I do think this is gonna be a wild environment like so, because Kentucky has emerged as this pretty good team and because they're suddenly an SEC East contender A and M is gonna treat this game like they're coming in as an it's gonna treat this game like Florida's coming in not Kentucky and so I, that scares me a little bit I think A and M's due for a ba- breakout at some point and I. You know, there's still it's still just hard to fully invest in Kentucky in this spot. So I, but I, I, I tend to side with you though, Chip. That look, if you're going to give me five and a half to six points, 
take the team that's proven to us that they're really good. Because it's not like they don't have now what's a solid win on the road at Florida as well. Uh, I mean, Florida's look good. So I'm with it. It's 37% is what I've seen on Kentucky. So you're you're in good shape there going against the public. All right. I, I would say, Chip, that, yeah, right now it is – the line opened at Texas A&M minus six and a half, and there's currently been 58% on the Aggies of the bets, and it's gone down to five and a half. So. Oh! All right. Well, yeah, I get, yes. The, there, there is a scenario, Barton, where because Kentucky comes in with a little bit of cachet, Jimbo knows that this is the time to get like a really strong home win and be able to call it a win against a ranked opponent. I realize that I am betting against that very possible reality and that's probably my only reservation here otherwise but yeah you just you, yeah you, there's just the concern that there's going to be the jimbo arrival at some point this season um and just the game it happens and winning it's like in texas a&m beating kentucky by 10 in most seasons is not a a plus storyline but being the team to snap kentucky's hot start gives you more juice maybe then even the win is worth in the big picture. Yeah, it feels like to me that even if A&M wins this game, it's going to be, it's going to be within a touchdown difference. So that, that's why I kind of like your side there. Uh, all right, let's go, Tom, back to you. All right, now we're going to get to one of the big games of the weekend. Okay, I am taking Texas plus eight versus Oklahoma. It's, it's a game that, that just hits so many of my most basic and, and sacred principles. Tom Herman has a dog? is one of them but the other one is i love underdogs in rivalry games like this and the other one is yes tom herman as a dog so we'll start with the herman stat tom herman has been an underdog as head coach 10 times four times at houston five times at texas he's nine and one against the spread in those 10 games and he's won six of them outright Last season, Texas was a nine-point dog against oklahoma in this very same game and it covered in a five-point loss furthermore Texas has covered the last five times in this series, and they've been the underdog each of those five times. I expect the trend continues on Saturday in the Cotton Bowl. Lock agreement. Yeah, buddy. Woo! Uh, another throw another one on to the, uh, another stat on there. He's twelve and one against the spread versus top twenty-five teams as a head coach. Dang. He's eight and five straight up in those games. Most of them as an underdog. Um, I, yes, like if you're going to bet against Tom Herman in this spot, good luck. But also beyond just like head coaching trends, this Texas team. So Oklahoma is going to be able to score points, but also this, te- we, I think we all agree. This is a very, it's like a legit Texas defense. So if anybody's going to give some resistance, to OU, I think Texas can secondly, defensively for Oklahoma, one of their real issues is, and and, I, and we saw it against Army. And I know the Army is is sort of its own vacuum of a game, but we saw their inability to like defensive efficiency is not a strong suit for Oklahoma. No, uh, and and I think one like of all of, of all the things you can say Texas appears to do well right now, it's play they they're physical on offense, and they they. They can get them like they are efficient. Like they can't get themselves and manageable down at distances. They can't stay ahead of the chains. So I think that there is a a, a scenario in this game where the, or Texas can control the ball, control the clock, move the chains, and and just keep that Oklahoma offense off the field, keep it close, get it deep into the game, and and then all of a sudden you got a chance to win. So I, I think that Vegas did us a favor, giving us more than a touchdown to work with here. And I'm gonna I'm gonna take that to the bank. I, I, I like Texas plus day as well. I think you guys are on the right side, but I am not Join gonna. Us, no, I'm not. Join us. For I'm lock not. Unity. And and I think no, I, lock, six weeks in, we haven't had a lock unity yet. Um, <laughs> Don't do it now, though, Chip. You got to believe, man. Yeah. No. Lock, I mean, I mean, lock it, unity has to be has to be virtuous. It has to be natural. <laughs> It has yeah. to come from inside. <laughs> um, there's there is a chance, and again, it's it, you know you were saying, are, are you if you're like I'm not necessarily picking against Tom Herman, but I am staying away from this game on the idea that 
Kyler Murray just might like go bananas in this game. It's his first Red River game. Texas kid. I don't know. I just I got I got one of those weird feelings about him this week. When you when you remember that he was what? The like best player in the country coming out of high school, that he is a major league like he is almost the anti Baker in that uh like Baker was the walk on and he was the you know the the scrappy guy no one believed in. Like Kyler Murray's been there, done that, has bigger plans and goals and dreams. Like this is all nothing to him. If he goes crazy like if if he has a big game, Oklahoma could win this thing by fourteen and I am willing to entertain that scenario enough to not pick against it. Yeah, I get that Kyler Murray's scary, but but how about this too? Who has Oklahoma played? That's in this in the secondary in the back end that can really legitimately cause like Kyler Murray to question a throw. You know what I mean? Like who, no one. They, they haven't played a Caden Stearns yet that can just hawk a ball down. They haven't played a Chris Boyd yet. There's I just think that there's gonna be he's gonna come up against some resistance he hadn't seen yet. Um, and that's not to say I doubt Kyler Murray having a big game. I just think that there's a lot of reasons to to be optimistic about Texas's chances here. I mean, I think yeah, Texas I think, could win straight up. Yeah, so do I. I think. I mean, I think Oklahoma's season really starts this week. They yeah. they played some good teams in like FAU, you know, you Iowa State, but I think that starting this week against Texas and then on the road at TCU, I, I feel like this is when we start finding out just how good Oklahoma really is. And it and it can go one way or the other. Like this, this could either be an expose or a time to start buying into it. I don't know. I'm excited about this game. Best of luck to you all on the Tom Herman dog. That is one of the strongest principles in college football right now. And again, like y'all said, if if you're going to go more than a touchdown, yeah, Longhorns. That's a that's a strong pick. All right, for my next pick, I'm going to keep it. No, we'll go to Michigan. In Maryland. Ooh, I'm interested in this play. Over 47 and a half. I think, and this is the op, I think it opened above 50 and it's been moving down. When it got on the other side of 49, I started getting interested. When we talk about what Michigan does to teams at home, and when we think about, uh, you know, Michigan rolling up these scores. Hey, like Tom, don't we have a a Michigan overs at home? Oh yeah, uh, let me look it up real quick. But it's definitely a trend with Michigan this, in conference games at home. Let's see. Let me look it up real quick. It is the over is forty nine and thirty five in Michigan's Big Ten games at home since two thousand eight. Or I'm sorry, it's twenty seven and sixteen in Big Ten games. It's forty nine and thirty five overall in home games. So some of this is. Uh, some of this is based in Michigan, but some of this is also on the idea that Maryland might be able to score 14, 17 points in this game. And the way that the point spread, which I think is around like 15 or 17 and the over under are matching up just doesn't seem uh, to look like the odds makers are expecting Maryland to be able to get anything going against Don Brown's defense. And so if I think that Michigan can get to like, 31 to 34 and i think that we might be able to get 17 out of maryland then yeah let's 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 rock with that and let's see if we can get seven touchdowns on the board so i'm going michigan maryland over 47 and a half one thing that might concern you does it have to do with crosswinds uh yeah oh dear <laughs> no <laughs> it it is going to be as forecaster right now, it's it's going to be a windy afternoon in the state of Michigan on Saturday. Now, you know, there's also some rain in the cloud, you know, in the picture at the moment too. But currently, right now, we're looking at about 12 to 13 mile an hour crosswinds across Michigan Stadium while this game is being played. Oh dear. So, but if it's raining, rain also leads to more points because it's harder to play defense. So it could, you know, it could cancel each other out. I mean, it's really uh, all about eye discipline, right? Like, is Michigan gonna have? Is are we gonna are we gonna have good eye discipline in this game? I don't know. 
I so feel like I'm thing, banking on it <laughs> or not having one, it. One thing that I, th- I found was interesting, and and look as I looked at this game a little bit, and I I was tempted to take, and I don't know, maybe it's still on the table. Um, Michigan land uh, whatever it is now, 18 points. Um, one thing I, like that's interesting about Maryland's offense. I was looking at Bill Conley's like stat profiles for Maryland. They are one of the most explosive teams in the country. They're number one in the country in marginal explosiveness on offense. They're number 112 in the country in marginal efficiency on offense. So basically they, they have like this all or nothing offense that can break big plays but but isn't um, isn't efficient offensively. And and to me when I think of that, I think of a Michigan team that probably is pretty well equi- equipped to shut that kind of an offense down. Um, maybe I'm misreading that on the Michigan side. Maybe I'm, maybe that you know maybe they're just as you know because they do play you know man on the outside and just just bring the house and 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 just test you know dare you to beat them. So maybe that you know maybe that still allows for those big play opportunities. But I just worry about Maryland just getting suffocated by Michigan's defense and, and Michigan kind of rolling them up. So I don't think I'm going to play it, uh, but I, I was a little bit tempted here to play Michigan at home. All right, what you got, Barton? Oh, go, go ahead, Tom. No, I was just going to say they're, they're, Maryland's offense is very, very boomer bust, especially when you throw those numbers out there. Yeah. It's like they, 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 they'll do nothing for 20 minutes. They're kind of like Saquon Barkley was at Penn State, where they'll do nothing for like three drives and then bam, 75-yard touchdown. All I need is two of those bam touchdowns. Like two, two, two of those if touchdowns. If it's rainy in a wet field, you might get one. Might get it. Whew. Yeah, baby, that's a confident lock. All right, Barton, back to you. <laughs> uh, all right, my favorite lock of the week. Um, my blue plate five-star lock special. Baylor minus four and a half. <sighs> Kansas State's a mess right now, boys. Yep. Uh, that, that program, they lost two coordinators. Bill Snyder snapping at the media. They got two quarterbacks. They got no quarterbacks. Baylor, I, I, I was really disappointed two weeks ago that I didn't cash in on the opportunity. I don't know how I missed it, but Baylor, like, minus seven and a half against Kansas was a layup. Missed on that. I still think Baylor is, is, a, is an improved team this year. It's time to find the spot to get some value on Baylor. I think this is one. If you're only going to lay four and a half at home, 2.30 in the afternoon. It's not some 11 a.m. wake-up call. I, I think Baylor goes ahead and takes care of business, takes care of Kansas. Because even last week, I know Kansas ended up making it close with Texas. But, that was, I mean, Texas was just surviving the last half. At one point, it was 19 nothing with 22 yards of offense for Kansas. Um, I, I like Baylor to go ahead and, and sort of take advantage of a home atmosphere against a team they can beat and try to make a statement with a, an impressive win. I like it. I mean, Kansas State really might be on the edge of imploding. Yeah, I, th- I think. I mean, I, you just look at all the signs of everything that's going on with that team over the last couple of years, and nothing is trending in the right direction. Yeah. Baylor minus four and a half. It's a good pick. Uh, all right, Tom, back to you. Uh, my next pick, we are going to another rivalry game, and we are taking Florida State plus 14 at Miami. Uh, again, I like I like underdogs in rivalry games, particularly when you're giving them two touchdowns and the total is only at 48 and a half points because it's, this is, you know, a very low total for this game. So if you're not expecting a lot of points to be scored and you want to give me two touchdowns worth of points, those two touchdowns suddenly become a lot more valuable. But as far as trends are going, Florida state five and one against the spread in the last six meetings in the last 16, the underdog is 13 and three against the spread. And I think if you look at these teams, Florida State's start to the season was obviously awful, but I don't think they're as bad right now as they were in that game against Virginia Tech and in that game against Samford and in the game against Syracuse. I think that they're incrementally getting better. Not good, 
but they're improving and they're becoming more comfortable in their system. And their Willie Taggart and his coaching staff are getting a better idea of what they can and can't get away with with this roster. And every week they're just playing a little bit better. And I think that this Miami team, to be quite honest, is being overvalued. It lost to LSU in the opener, and then it hasn't really played anybody of consequence since, and it's looked good in those games. But I think that, you know, 14 points is just way too many for this Hurricanes team against Florida State right now. I think this is an, very much an overreaction based on Florida State's not living up to its own expectations. Mm. Barton, you got thoughts? Uh, we got a lock fight. Uh-oh. Fight, fight, fight. And by the way, my, my numbers at uh, Miami minus 13 and a half. I don't know. I don't know where, uh, you know, I don't know if I can get that or I got to get it at 14. <clears throat> either way. At 14 champ. All right. Well, I'm going to take Miami either way. 13 and a half, 14, doesn't matter. All right. Look, here's, here's my thing with this, with this deal. Miami, number one in the country in tackles for loss. Florida State, number 125 in the country in tackles for loss allowed. Miami, number one in the country in defensive third down conversion percentage, 17%. Florida State, number 123 in the country in third down conversion offensively, 29%. Miami's improved with Nikosi Perry. It's an improved offense. They, they are, I think Miami is much better at home, behind that home crowd, than they are on the road. They, they will have that atmosphere behind them. They've got a lot of mojo right now. Florida State is still just slopping around with Louisville and Northern Illinois. I think that they roll into town. Miami's got the turnover chain, and they're making fun of Florida State for copying with a turnover backpack. It just feels like big brother, little brother right now. And I think Miami goes and just absolutely alpha dogs Florida State this weekend and and rolls. Uh, I, I don't I have a heart. I think this is a bad matchup for Florida State considering how much trouble they've had on the offensive line. And I know Landon Diggers is back, and, and they're getting a little bit settled up front. But I, I don't know. I mean, Manny Diaz is as good as they come at attacking offensive lines and creating plays in the backfield and getting teams behind the chains. I think Florida State has trouble with that. Uh, To me, this is a Miami play. Mm. I've got got nothing in it. I'm excited to see y'all on either side of this lock fight. I just – I feel like this game's going to be, let's see, like 23 to 7. Or some, I mean, it, it, this number seems perfect. And so I almost, and what would you say the over under is? 48? 48 and a half. Yeah. Uh, so the implied score is 31 17. Mm, let's get in on it. I'm going under. Ooh, everybody's on FSU Miami now. Yeah. Yeah. I want, I, I can't, I can't sit on the sidelines again. I got to get in on this. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, it's, it, look, what was it? Like 20 to 19, 24, 16. These games have just been rock fights in recent years. Uh, yeah, I like the that. The lower scoring it is, the better for me. Well, I mean, 23, 17, that's still a Barton win. I mean, 23 to 7, that would be a Barton win. It would be, but I'm just saying, the lower the score, the better off I am. All right. Um, Let's go. All right, I'll take one. How about in start? I want to make a caveat there. I'm going to take it at minus 14, but I wouldn't. If if I'm playing this, I would buy the half point because that feels like that. This feels like it could push at 14. I want to get a win out of that thing. Well, I'm willing to make a compromise because it's at 14 at half and it's at 13 and a half at half the books. So I will take Florida State plus 14 and give Barton Miami minus 13 and a half because we re- you should shop around. Shop the best around. Line you could always so shop. We should both be able to have the best line we could find. Very, very gracious of you. <laughs> Appreciate that. 
<laughs> I am a magnanimous human being. I can't help it. I was just born this way. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go to Columbus, Ohio, where 25 is too many doggone points in a letdown spot for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, Indiana played Ohio State close in the season opener last year, and I just I, I think the way that you've got the ups and downs of the Ohio State seasons under Urban Meyer in recent years. This just this feels like a game that's going to be too close that Ohio State will pull away from, but it is really tough in those kinds of games to cover nearly a four-touchdown spread. So give me the Hoosiers plus 25. I do like that pick, uh, and, and that's another one I'm, I kind of still am very close to throwing a log on and, and playing. Uh I'm not going to do it right now. Maybe by the end of the by the end of the show here, I'll get there. But I'm going to sit sit for now. And I mean, I don't think Indiana is what you would consider like a good team, but it doesn't suck by any means. It's actually been pretty solid. Like you know, if you look at like the advanced statistics, its defense has been pretty damn good for the most part this year. And while its offense doesn't exactly been explosive, it's been efficient enough. And I think that, if anything else, they might be able to do a decent job of keeping Ohio State's offense off the field long enough to stay within that number, even if they can't stop it for the full 60 minutes. And like you said, then there's also the letdown factor of Ohio State coming off a huge win last week on the road at Penn State. And I think they've got another decently important game next week in front of them, too. Is it Michigan State? I, I don't know. Let me double check. But this could be very much like a sandwich game situation, although I could be completely wrong. No, it's Minnesota next. I'm sorry. But it I mean, I basically There's still the letdown. Yeah, I'm I'm expecting this to be the situation where on Saturday no one's got Ohio State Indiana on their primary screen, but everyone keeps like going flipping over and being like, "Man, why is Ohio State just messing around with Indiana right now? Why is it why is it like 14 to 3 and has been 14 to 3 for like two quarters kind of situation?" You're going to be looking for like the should it should, is it time for Ryan Day to take over for Urban Meyer tweet? Is that what you're looking for? Yes, Saturday hundred percent. Was Ohio State better without Urban Meyer? My column. So and and uh, the re- another reason why I was tempted by this is Indiana, as y'all mentioned, really good on defense. I think if you're, I think Penn State proved because Penn State isn't like a freak show on defense, but I think Penn State proved that if you're sound defensively. There are ways to slow Ohio State down. They kind of gave a little bit of a blueprint on how to slow Ohio State down. Now you know they got you got to tackle in the screen game when you take away the downfield passing game. And two, if you're going to beat Ohio State, you got to be able to throw. And and that's is how Indiana tries to move the football most effectively is 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 through the air. And that's where Ohio State is, has some vulnerability. So I think the matchup plays to where Indiana could keep this thing close. Um, if this was on the road, I would jump on it. I'm a, I'm a little bit scared of the homecoming that Ohio State's going to receive after the big win, and I don't know. I'm a little scared of it, but I, I like your play here. Uh, all right, Tom, back to you. Okay, so for this next pick, I am sticking with another hardcore principle. Navy at Air Force under 49. Any time you see two service academies playing a football game, hammer the living hell out of the under and sit there around your laptop waiting for your book to post the total. I, ignore your friends, ignore your family, ignore all your responsibilities, wait for that total to be posted. On Monday afternoon, Bet Online posted the total for Navy and Air Force at 57 and a half. Like I said, it is currently at 49 because everybody in the world that pays attention to this stuff has been pounding the under the moment it went up because since 2008, there have been 30 games between Army, Air Force, and Navy. The under is 23-6-1 in those games. It's not really hard to figure out. It's option offenses, taking a lot of time off the clock, not throwing the ball, Clock never stops running. Long scoring drives that chew up time and yards. Oh, and if I, just if you needed another reason to take this game, wonder. Oh my! Not goodness. that it really matters with option offenses, but if they do need to take to the air to score points, it's going to be windy as hell in Colorado. So, 
under 49 Navy Air Force. Lock it up now. In fact, pause the podcast and go place the bet before it's down to 48 or 47. I mean, that is... How do you, a, how do you argue with that? Yeah. Those are the kinds of trends that you get from Tom Fernelli. And Tom Fernelli is one of the 20-plus experts that you can get picks from on Sportsline. That's right. Sportsline members get access to 20 expert handicappers, premium picks, next-level fantasy advice, advanced computer simulations, hugely profitable DFS lineups, and the ability to enter member-only contests like the NFL Pick'em running right now. Winner gets a free trip to Vegas and a 2019 Super Contest entry. That's a $4,000 value. Tom, who, by the way, right now is on a... What's your run? I am currently 26-15 and 15 in my last 41 college football picks, plus 9.52. Plus 9.52 on the college football picks. That's why you sign up, so you can get Tom Fernelli's picks. He also crushed the Major League Baseball season to the tune of plus 14.50, and you can get your first month of Sportsline for just $1 by entering the promo code KICKOFF. Again, sign up for Sportsline, enter the promo code KICKOFF at checkout, and get your first month for just $1. That is Tom Fernelli of Sportsline fame. I have my the own music man. now. Um, and let's go Barton. All right. Clemson minus 18 is the play. Here's why. I like it. <laughs> uh, so Cl- Wake Forest is not very good in the secondary. Nope. Um, getting rid of your defensive coordinator isn't going to make you better in the secondary. It's going to make you worse. It's going to, you know, there's, I guess the reason you make a move like that is because in case things improve and Clawson thinks this is the wrong guy that he doesn't have the, you know, he can't sort of win his job back. Um, but they're not very good in the secondary and, and, They've been exposed as not very good in the secondary when they play teams that can actually throw it. Uh, example being Notre Dame. Clemson is, is, you know, I get it. People are, they're not, they've not been impressive. Um, they messed around with Syracuse last week. Trevor Lawrence should be back. And, and even if you look at the, the advanced numbers, like Clemson, doesn't look that great in the past game throwing down downfield, but that's because we're we're watering down those numbers with Kelly Bryant and Chase Bryce. If Trevor Lawrence is playing the whole game, he's going to feast on that Wake Forest secondary. Defensively, I, the the only thing that worries me a little bit about this pick is that Wake Wake can throw it around a little bit themselves, and Clemson has shown some vulnerabilities there, um, but. I think that this is a game where Clemson sort of just as everyone's starting to count them out and, and Syracuse is, is you know, pull, almost pulls up an upset. I think Trevor Lawrence comes back and, we're, you know, he's healthy and he's going to play. And I think Clemson goes and, and rolls over Wake and, uh, and gets a, a nice 24-point win and starts to win some people over. It's just too big for me. Yeah, like what's your what is your because uh, I don't see I don't see Wake Forest being held to single digits. Um, I don't think they have to be held to single. Digits. They don't. I'm, I was just because I I'm not about to take. I am not about to pick against Trevor Lawrence considering the Wake secondary that like that angle alone should make you feel confident that Clemson could win this game by three touchdowns. The way the game will be played out makes me think that getting this cover might be a little sweaty and you might be hoping you get some, like a pick six or a special team. And by the way, like the, the Clemson defense for some turnovers, Amari Rogers is a dangerous threat in special teams and you could definitely be getting that here. But I just don't think that... Clemson's going to come into this game at Wake and just like kick the you know what out of Wake for four quarters. I think Wake shows some fight in this spot. 
Uh, I mean, do you think that do you think that Notre Dame can do something to Wake Forest that, that Clemson can't? I think that there is some uh, deeply ingrained, uh, like Dave Clawson's book on Clemson is pretty thick. That's just like a, di- yeah. a, a division division rival type situation. Times where Clemson teams that have gone on to play for and win national championships or be in the college football playoff have like like yeah Wake Wake never really had a chance to win, but they lost by fourteen or you know those those kind of games have played out here where Wake has shown a lot of fight and then they just don't have the horses to to yeah, Wake, keep up. Yeah, with yeah, Wake's the, Wake's the type of team that does that. But Wake has played, but but I think this year's Wake team, look, they've played two teams that can throw the football. Two, Tulane doesn't throw the football. Rice doesn't throw the football. Notre Dame and Boston College can throw the football. They put up fifty six and forty one on them respectively. Clemson is better offensively than both those teams. Now, uh, granted, we haven't. They don't. All, they haven't always shown that. Right. Clemson's not. I mean, they, uh, but this is. This is the Trevor Lawrence breakout game, I think, that we've been waiting on, and uh, and that that's sort of the bet on my side. That's I, I do not disagree with that at all. Um, all right. Okay. I, I will. Here's one trend. It doesn't quite match this game, but it's getting to that point. When it's only favored by what eighteen now? Yeah. So you're safe now. But if the line gets bigger for the listeners, when Clemson is favored by twenty or more, they're ten and twenty four against the spread since two thousand eight. So it's just something to keep in mind out for for the listeners in case this line grows by Saturday. Glad we kept that under twenty. Dabo eighteen. Dabo is such a he's he's such a good Samaritan. He doesn't run up the score. He doesn't like nice it. Guy. Yeah, he's he's a turn the other cheek type. It's you one know? of the reasons my formula is always kind of down on Clemson. To be honest, it's like the one thing that always holds them back is when they have a chance to blow people out, they just don't blow people out mm. um all right let's see already got indiana got my michigan maryland over <sighs> hate this pick the most because this is going back to uh going back to the 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 lover that's broken your heart mississippi state plus three and a half against auburn i love it i i i'm gonna continue to return to the uh, Joe Moorhead and Mississippi State defensive line well, and until I fall in it, I mean this is this is a spot where I am down on Auburn. Uh, I mentioned at the beginning of the show I thought that even Southern Miss kind of made uh, the Auburn rushing attack not look great. Jartavius Whitlow is injured, so we're down to Cam Martin and Sean Shivers. I'm I'm thinking that. You're playing at home. You had a really, really disappointing loss to Florida. If Mississippi State loses at home for the second straight game and offense looks as bad as it has looked in the last three SEC games, the last two SEC games, then geez, like this is this is a big time misfire on what the expectations have been in Starkville for year one with Joe Moorhead. So I if if you think it's in there, if you think somewhere in that building there is uh, like a a great performance, they have got to have it right here. And so I'm back. I'm here. I'm ready to have my heart broken again. You're giving me three and a hook. Let's go with the cowbells. I'm I'm not locking it up, but I I, I was looking at this game too, and I was looking at Mississippi State simply because I feel like at home right now, getting the three and a half and four points in some places, you are not going to get better value on Mississippi State than you are this weekend for the rest of the season. Just coming off the Kentucky loss and then last week's performance, it's just like they are so undervalued compared to what they have talent-wise in actuality. So I, I agree. Auburn, to me, has been... It's a good team, but it has not been, uh, you know, a team that's really, I think, worthy of its ranking. I think Auburn has good players, and I don't know if those good players have been a good team this year. Yeah, it just it leaves you wanting something more than it's willing to give you. And I think that Mississippi State is undervalued. 
if I had to pick this game, I like your side. And I thought about picking this game, but the more I got dug into it, the more it's just like, who the hell knows? Because what ultimately we have here is two insane defenses that are just nasty as all get out and two offenses that can't get out of their own way. And not even can't get out of their own way, just can't effectively move the ball with consistency. And in a game like that, it's almost a flip of a coin to me. So I, I didn't play it, but if I had to, I do like the Mississippi State side better. And I think Mississippi State could absolutely win it. And if you really want to sweat, <clears throat> the total's at 42.5, 43, depending on where you are. The under is 5-1 and one the last six years between these two. If, if you really want to get yourself nice and lathered up. There are so many low unders this week. Oh, it's I love it. It's beautiful. The heat's going away and the totals are going down. <laughs> uh, all right, Tom, back to you. Uh, for my next pick, I am taking Arizona State plus three wow. at Colorado. Uh, Colorado is 4-0. And it's ranked number 21 in the country. And I'm happy to see it because I always had a soft spot in my heart for the buffs. But Colorado is also being overvalued here because it's 4-0 and because it's ranked. But when you look deeper, Colorado is 4-0 with wins over Colorado State, Nebraska, UCLA, and New Hampshire. Those four teams are a combined 1-16. The only team out of those four with a win is Colorado State, which was that comeback against a horrible Arkansas team. If you look at advanced metrics like, you know, F+, Colorado is 4-0, but it's also only ranked 57th in the nation, whereas 3-2 Arizona State is ranked 39th. Arizona State has the losses, but if you look at these two teams, the simple fact of the matter is Arizona State should be the favorite in this game. It is the three-point underdog. So I'm getting about, I feel like I'm getting five points here. That a free Five free points is what I feel like I'm getting because I think Arizona State should probably be like a two-point favorite on the road against Colorado. I can't pass up that value. Give me Arizona State plus three. I danced around this game a lot. I don't have a good feel for it, but I'm excited about it. I'm excited to get this lock. <laughs> Barton, you got to read on that game? Uh, no, I don't have a – I mean, I, I kind of – I get the perspective that Colorado may be overvalued here with maybe a, an unimpressive, undefeated record. I, I would not – I couldn't bring – I wouldn't be able to bring myself to pick against Colorado in the spot because I've just – that's sort of been one of my adopted teams this year. I've, I've been, uh, been high on them. Steven Montez is legit, and I think that defense is pretty good. But I don't. I don't dislike the pick. I just. Uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen here. Um. All right. So, what about you, Bat to Barton? So this is my last pick of the week, unless somehow I'd, I'd circle back to Indiana plus twenty five. But as of now, look, there, there's there's a there is a crisis going on right now. Uh, Whoa. This this podcast has infected me to only look at unders. <laughs> Everywhere I look, all over the slates, all I could find is, yeah, that under looks pretty good. That under looks pretty good. And it, just, it just disgusts me. <laughs> and and <laughs> Clay Crocker on Twitter, shout out, you know, he called he called the pot out on it a little bit. He said, look, these, all, all these unders are, are gross. Why don't you guys give us an over once in a while? And... I, you know what? That's a that's a valid point. It's about damn time we find some overs for the people. And I know Chip, you got one in there. And I was digging around looking for an over that I like this week. And I gotta be honest with you, you guys have done such a job at brainwashing me, and it was so hard to find overs everywhere I looked on the totals. All I wanted to bet was unders, but I found one. Michigan State Northwestern. Over 43 and a half. Okay. I've got to pick on this game too, but it's not the total. I know what it sounds like. I know you're thinking Big Ten football, you know, what what game's probably kicking at 11 or something. You know, it's it's probably going to be windy. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Last two years, these teams, last year, we'll we'll go 2016 first. 
the line or the total before the game, 42 points. The final score is 54 to 40. Last year, 2017, total 42 and a half. Final score, 31 31, or 39 31. 43 and a half is the total this year. I think this is as likely as ever to hit because both of these teams have run games that have been horrible. Both these teams have pass games that are pretty good. I think they're going to each throw the ball about 60 times a piece. I don't know about 60, but they're going to throw it a lot. And they're going to continue the trend that we've seen. Because in those games, too, in the past couple of years, those two, there's been, of the four teams in the last two years, only one has rushed for over 100 yards in, in those two games combined. So this is going to be another game where they each rush for about 65 yards. They each throw it about 50 times, and the, the final score is something like 34 to 31. Over. Lock fight. 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 <laughs> All right. Crosswinds? What do we got? Oh, yeah. up against here? Remember earlier, I alluded to a very windy afternoon in the state of Michigan. Oh, God. We are looking at 15 to 17 mile an hour crosswinds during Michigan State's game against Northwestern. And oh, my God. That makes <laughs> us a wonder. A wonder lock fight. Um, also, just besides that, th- these two teams have had good offensive games against one another. But this year, Michigan State ranks 55th in points per play, which is, you know, not bad, but it's right in the it's average. Northwestern ranks 111th. And that was, you know, before it lost Watkins for the season. Now it's it's lost its starting running back and the offense has been even worse. You know, it had the it got a quick 17 points against Michigan last week and then just completely lost all capability of moving a football forward. And I think going on the road against Michigan State, they're also going to struggle again this week to score points. And I think Michigan State is going to be limited by the wind because you said neither of these teams has really been able to run the ball all that effectively. And I don't think they'll be able to run the ball against each other all that effectively because they're kind of playing into some strengths. But I think that Michigan State is going to struggle passing the ball because of those 15 to 17 mile an hour crosswinds. And I think that this is a game where I'm guessing the final score is more in that 24 to 14 range than that 31 28 kind of range. So oh my I God. am on the under in Northwestern Michigan State. Lock it up. Sorry, oh. Clay. But Clay was also mad about my Sunbelt unders, and I made him money with them. I'm on, uh, I'm on Michigan State minus 10. I think Sparty's going to dunk on him. They could. About I thought mean, that too. I yeah I mean like I don't know you could talk yourself into body blow but uh, Tom you had it right I think that I think the close score like the way that Michigan Northwestern played out might have Northwestern not quite being looked at the same I don't know I just it's it's a hunch People like this is the time of year where Michigan State does a thing or two that makes you do a little bit of a double take and start to take uh, them seriously. And you get reminded that Mark D'Antonio is one of the better coaches in the Big Ten. Yeah, no, I'm back. I, I don't disagree with that at all. I just feel like the unders the smarter play. <laughs> Maybe. Well, I I'm just I'm just so sick. My stomach to hear your crosswinds report. <laughs> I mean, I can't. I, I can't get. I gotta play. This. I got. Uh, hey, maybe got, maybe the wind carries the ball into somebody's arms for a touchdown. You don't know. Things can go. Sixes. It's just. Yeah. This is just. Look. This. I'm just. I'm doing it, and I, I don't care. I just don't care about your damn crosswinds. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna play the over. Hey, forty percent of the time there's an over and windy game. Forty percent of the time, that's still not horrible. It could happen. Right. That's All a right. good. That's a good chance. All right, that makes me feel a better. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> um, I'm uh, I I think I'm clear. Six out there. I I've I, I'll I'll throw. I'm not gonna throw this one out as a lock, but there's a chance NC State's a good football team and. 
I all had on the edge of uh, my seat NC State minus four and a half. Now I see it's up to five or even five and a half. The only thing keeping me from that is that historically, right when NC State breaks into that top 25 and gets the little number by their name is when there's a, a little bit of a setback. They got their bye week coming up. Boston College, A.J. Dillon's banged up, but I absolutely assume he's going to play. Big time, uh, sit down with the notepad and take some notes because the winner in NC State Boston College is in the top half of that division, and then the loser's probably firmly in the middle. I'm not going to make it a lock, but my hunch is that NC State continues to cover these less than a touchdown spreads. They better. I got the over on their win total. I got the over on BCs. So, uh oh, this is a win total fight. Win total fight. <laughs> this, this is a swing game. Uh, uh, let's see, Barton. You got any more? No, uh, I don't think I, I think I'm gonna lay off Indiana plus twenty five. Uh, I thought about maybe Buffalo minus seven and a half. I wasn't that impressed with what Central Michigan did against Michigan State. I know they covered, but it was uh, they don't look that good offensively. I uh, thought about UAB. The other overs I thought about were Vandy, Georgia over 53 and a half. I could see that getting a little bit sideways on Vandy. Uh, I thought about Illinois Rutgers over 49 and a half, but I, then I was like, what the hell am I thinking? That, uh, that would be terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, no, I think that's all I got conviction with this week. Uh, Tom, you got anything else? I've got one more. All right. And this is very on brand. <clears throat> Iowa at Minnesota under 42. <laughs> That's a very low total. And it's a very low total for a reason. Uh, there have been two dominant forces in this rivalry. These two teams play for the Floyd of Roasdale. But over the last decade, this, this game has been dominated by Iowa and the under. The under is 6-2-1 and one in the last nine meetings. And you just look at this matchup. I think it's about to go to 7-2-1 because Minnesota currently has one of the least efficient offenses in the country. It's uh it's been it was it was kind of bad as it was before Rodney Smith went out for the season, but since Rod, losing Rodney Smith, the Gophers are scoring 0.271 points per play, which would rank 111th nationally. And now they're going up against a defense in Iowa which ranks second in the country in ISO PPP against, which is, you know, explosive plays. And it ranks fifth in the country in limited, in marginal explosiveness. So offenses don't move the ball for large volumes of yards in a single plays against Iowa. But on the flip side of that coin, Iowa's offense is basically playing against its own defense every day. As Iowa ranks 109th in ISO PPP and 100th in marginal explosiveness. In marginal efficiency, it ranks 90th. In success rate, it's 54th. But what this tells you is that Iowa's offense is Iowa's offense. It's just looking to move three and a half yards at a time and pick up first down after first down after first down. There is not going to be a lot of points scored in this game. I would say that the 42 might seem scary, but you're never really going to be all that worried. I think Iowa wins this game something like 24 to 13. So take the under 42, Iowa at Minnesota. Late log on the fire, Iowa minus seven. There you go. I, yeah. I like, yeah, 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 me too. Give it to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had it out there. I was staring at it. You're, you're, you can, my feel for the game is about what you said, Tom. So that's so this is this is just a Saturday where I'm staring down one, two, three, four Big Ten plays. Mm. <laughs> mm. Five, five Big Ten plays. Oh no, wait, no, I, four. Right. I was gonna. I was gonna win this one. Oh yeah, handled. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Better football team. All right, nice. Okay, so to review, Tom's card. Under 54 and a half in BYU, Utah State, Texas plus eight, Florida State plus 14, under 49 in Navy Air Force. Hammer that immediately. Uh, Arizona State plus three, under 43 and a half in Michigan State Northwestern, under 42 in Iowa, Minnesota. Barton's card, Utah State plus two and a half, Texas plus eight in agreement with Tom, Baylor minus four and a half. Miami minus 13 and a half lock fight with Tom uh, Clemson minus 18 
the over 43.5 in Michigan State Northwestern, and Iowa minus 7. Chips card, Kentucky plus 5.5, over 47.5 in Michigan, Maryland, under 48.5 in Florida State, Miami, Indiana plus 25, Mississippi State plus 3.5, Michigan State minus 10, and Iowa minus 7, lock agreement with Barton. That's that's uh those are twenty one winners right there. I am I'm on nothing but unders and underdogs. I am so on brand this week. Very we're we're on brand this week. Uh Barton, how you feeling? Do you like the way it looks? Yeah, yeah. This is gonna be a good week. I feel it. Are you happy to be Excited. home to take it all in? Yes. Yeah. Last week was tough. Last week I got a little bit away from me a little bit. From some of those some of those big boy plays were, were basically just another way of saying plays I don't like. Uh, now we're on a bunch of plays that I feel, feel comfortable with. Love it. Uh, he is Barton Simmons. You can follow him at Barton Simmons. You can follow him at Tom Fernelli. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Uh, our thanks to all of our illustrious guests this week. Bill Connolly of SB Nation, Dennis Dodd, CBSSports.com, Tom Fernelli of CBSSports.com, Sportsline Fame. Uh, Barton, thank you very much. You want these locks? I'm, I'm, I'm living and dying every, every point, every cover.